good evening, Element City Church. I'm Kimberly Lee, and I'm the e-groups and connections director here. And I am excited. Last week, Jack talked about inviting. Say goodbye to the kids. Bye, kids. Bye, Felicia. Sorry. <laughs> Last week, Jack talked about inviting, how we have to own that it's our responsibility to invite. Sorry. Brian told me that my earrings were going to make noise, and I said, but they look cute with my outfit. i got to put them in my pocket. That we have to own, that we have to invite others into a life-giving and life-changing relationship with Jesus. That is our mission here at Element City Church. You are probably here because of an invite. So now it's our responsibility to invite others. So that was last week, and tonight, the second part of the Who We Are series is connect. Last week was invite, and this week is connect. And you're going to see me get a little bit crazy tonight. I'm probably going to get a little bit loud, which is shocking to some of you because I'm demure. But it's because I'm so passionate about this topic. Brian and I have spent the last 22 years investing in others, to invite them into a personal relationship with Jesus. And I hope that's what we spend the next 22 years doing. So I'm just going to let you know that I'm going to get a little intense about it. And are you going to be with me? Good, two of you. Woohoo! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I want you guys to take a minute and look at some slides, some pictures that I have up here. Yeah, that's not just an elephant. Anybody know what it's made of? Legos, let's look at the next one, because they get even, what? Is that not crazy? That's at Legoland. A, made of Legos. Is that not amazing? Most of you guys see Legos and you have good memories from your childhood, right? Legos! Hopefully my sons are saying yes. But to me, Legos are evil. Let me tell you why. Have you ever stepped on one with a bare foot? Nothing good about stepping on one of those. It's painful. And they were supposed to be all picked up, right? Or how about you're ready for, to make your creation, and because the boys did not put everything in their little spots where they were supposed to, we lost a crucial piece, and therefore we cannot put it together right. Or something that was only going to take an hour and a half, Four hours later, you're ready to gouge your eyeballs out because you're not done. And the kids, they're gone. And I'm up here going, I hate Legos. Or how about that you got to sell a kidney to afford it? You know, the tiny little box one is you're like, oh, $9.99. Right, because it has 12 pieces. 12 pieces. When I figured out what eBay was, I went on eBay and I said, oh, I got this for a great price. And Brian's like, I said, I spent $24. It came in the mail, and it was like a little naps. It was like a little um, snack pack. And I was like, he's all, that's what you spent 25 bucks on? I was like, I didn't understand. I did have, I mean, you can't tell that I have a little bit of PTSD, right? I did have fun. I did have fun with the boys building the Legos, but I also stressed a little bit about it. Legos were made for connecting. Obviously, you saw from those pictures. It could be a couple of pieces going together, or it could be hundreds of thousands of pieces. I mean, they had a, a Lego elephant. We did go to Legoland, and they've got a whole entire city, a world full of Legos. It was like mind-blowing. 
But when they all come together, when they're connected together, it's amazing. Legos were created to, for connection, and guess what? So were we. That's why one of the main things here at Element City Church, what we want to be about is connecting. Not just something that we kind of do or say, one of those buzzwords, but the way that we live our life. We want to connect people to Jesus, his word, and his people by creating environments that leave people less alone and less hurt. Let me read that one more time. Connect people to Jesus, his word, and his people by creating environments to leave people less alone and less hurt. That's our desire. That's what we want to be about. Because we were created for this. So when people come to our church, when people come in those doors, when people come in our presence, are we leaving them less alone and less hurt than when they first got there? We were created by God as humans to have this innate desire, this longing for relationships, to be connected. God values connection because he's connected. He wants relationships. He wants a relationship with us. God is love and love is expressed through relationships. The Old Testament shows this in numerous ways. First of all, God created people, which is kind of epic. In Leviticus, it says, I will walk among you, I will be your God, and you will be my people. That's one of the words we use a lot. Who are your people? We are God's people. And he's like, you guys are mine. He also showed that he likes relationships and connection. He created the church. This is his plan A. He knew that we could not do life alone. He knew that life was better when we do it together. Some of you are like, no, no, you haven't met my family. It's about the church. It's bigger than that. In Ecclesiastics, this is one of my favorite verses. I do have a lot tonight, but this is one of my favorites. Ecclesiastics 4, 9 through 12. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Don't you guys remember that old commercial where the lady fell down and said, help, I can't get up, and no one's around? Oh, Margo does. She remembers. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. That verse explains a lot what he means by connection. That if you fall, you're not by yourself. You've got somebody to help you up. If you're under attack or you feel like you're being defeated, somebody's got your back. So that if you feel those three chords together, so that if you're not by yourself, you're not broken, that together we, cannot, we can help each other. That's what it means to be connected. So that we can conquer. Woo! I mean, that's what it says. We try to make that a lot more difficult. Like, why do I, I can just go be one with nature. Yeah, nature is good. God created nature. But he also created the church. In the New Testament, it has hundreds of verses on how to live life with people. Because he knew this was going to be hard. He didn't think it was all going to be a bed of roses. In fact, most of the New Testament was 
was addressed to the church as a whole rather than an individual. Salvation was not meant to be an individual experience in and of itself. It's definitely personal, but salvation affects everybody, everybody around for generations to come. That's epic. In Ephesians 2, 20 through 21, together we are his house, built on a foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming the holy temple for the Lord. When you follow Jesus, when you are connected to his people as well, we got, it's like human Legos. We're snapping together for God to make something. His temple, which is the church. That's, that's, that's the church. Where he is the cornerstone, the rock and the foundation. Imagine if some of those Lego buildings did not have a foundation. There was one when we were at Legoland that was over your head when you're standing in a ride, and it was this big dragon from um, one of the, the Disney shows, and I kept thinking, what if that's not really attached? What if that falls on us? What is, what is that rooted to? It's, kinda, it's the same with Jesus. Relationships matter to God. They should matter to us. He wants us to come together, like that verse in Ecclesiastic talked about, put arm in arm, back to back, together as a united force, for what? So we can skip and sing songs of kumbaya. No. So to, the, the, the church was not designed to be a cruise ship. The church was not designed to be a cruise ship. Yes, come here, meet people, but it's not so that we can put you know, things around our neck and get you know, drinks in a coconut and be like, we're here just to hang out and party. The church was designed to be a battleship. God knew we were gonna go through some hard times, that life is not always easy. And together, we're way better off than if we were alone. Together, we're better, way better off than we were alone. Imagine, imagine if we got together, we could change the world. God used the New Testament church in ancient times to change the world. In Acts, again, I love Acts, the whole book of Acts is awesome. 2, 46 through 47, they worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Each day. You see all kinds of relational connection going on in, this, in these verses. And notice the resulting impact. Many people were saved into a life-giving relationship with Jesus a transforming faith. And the rest of Acts, the book of Acts, talks about how this group of people changed the world. When Jesus left, he, when he departed, he left 122 followers, 120 followers. At the end of that century, there was thousands. At the end of the next century, there was 1.25 million followers of Jesus. 
all because they worshiped together each day, not just on Sundays. They came together for the Lord's Supper and they ate meals together and they enjoyed each other, the goodwill of all the people around and their numbers were added to. What, was the, what did those 1.25 million people do? Anything? As Christianity spread over the Roman Empire, slavery and the killing of babies, which was common practices back then, it ended in that Roman Empire during that time. That seems pretty, pretty fantastic to me because 1.25 million Christians came together as followers of Christ to transform the Roman Empire and the world. Jesus did that back then, and he wants us to do that now. Legos can be combined, you saw those pictures, to be amazing things. With six bricks, six bricks, and I Googled this just to make sure, you can make over a million combinations. So somebody sat there and figured that all out. But no Lego, one Lego by itself cannot do anything except be a nuisance when you step on it and hurt you. But any of those six can make over a million combinations. The same is true with our relationships in Jesus. Imagine, imagine what we can do when we're together. So that's kind of the why, why we're created. We were created to stand together as Jesus' church, to be in a relationship with God so that we can transform the world for his glory. That's a pretty epic why. How are we gonna do it? We can't do it by being the lone Lego. We can't do it by ourselves. So this is, what we need to do is we need to go back to our creator. God created us, so we gotta connect to him first. John 15, five, this is one of the first verses I learned when I became a new Christian. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remain in me and I am him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, he can do nothing. Apart from me, he can do nothing. The first thing we gotta do is we gotta get connected to God. The other connections are important, but if you're not connected to the source, it's not, your roots aren't gonna go very deep. God's gotta be your go-to guy. This verse, John 15, five, means you gotta hang out with him. He's got to be your person. He's got to be your number one person. Not somebody that you hang out with on Sundays for a couple hours. Maybe if you, you know, driving and you have a bad temper. Ooh, help me, Jesus. Not that. Remember we talked a, few year, uh, a couple months ago about pocket Jesus. If you put Jesus in your pocket and you only take him out when you need him, then your faith will be superficial. It will be shallow. Your roots won't go deep. Jesus wants to be around and hang, us to hang out with him a lot. Imagine if you were dating and you told your girlfriend, hey, I like you a lot. In fact, I like you so much. On Sundays, you get three hours. That's it, that's all I can do for you. But I love you. Do you think that your, that relationship will be good 
Do you think that, there, that relationship is going to have a firm foundation and you're going to get to know each other and that's going to go far? No, that would be absurd. That would be insane. But that's what we do with Jesus sometimes. I love you. I love you. See you next Sunday. I'll be back. Jesus needs to be our go-to person. That's how we stay connected. Another way, again, is, is this. The Bible, his word. This is super important. This wasn't just like, oh, I mean, I do love the tones. My daughter, we have her one that has bling all over it. Landon has a sports one. I mean, we've got kinds of Bibles like that. Lawson has a Lego Bible. But it's more than just something that goes on your coffee table or your piano. This is the living truth. This is life-changing. This is life-giving. This is his instruction manual. Imagine, imagine if you got an instruction, an instruction manual to your wife or husband. Brian always says when I might be getting a little fussy, he might say, I didn't know. I, I must have missed that page in, in the book this imaginary book. I was like, yes, you did. It was on page 256 and you have missed it. There's this magical book out there with instructions on women and how, what you're supposed to know automatically. Don't miss that book. How about if you had an instruction pamphlet for your kids, especially the more you have? Oh, this is number three kid. Oh, I don't know how to do that. Oh, that's really good. Thank you, dear Jesus, because I didn't know if I was going to kill him overnight. If we had that kind of booklet, we'd be grabbing up like Krispy Kremes that were hot. We'd be like, I need that kind of book. I need that book. My wife speaks a foreign language. This is the answer. That's what the Bible is, you guys. It's, the, it's, his, it's an instruction booklet. It's how to connect with him. It's his truth. It's his promises. It's his warnings. It has so much in there about who he is. It is one of the best ways to stay connected. In fact, if you don't know what's going on in here, again, your faith can only grow so deep because you won't know who he is you won't know about him. How do you know what you believe? You shouldn't just trust me. You shouldn't just trust Jack and Brian. You gotta know what he says. You gotta go to the source. Yes, I know sometimes it can be confusing. When one of my best friends became a Christian, he started in Job. Okay, not a good place to start. Don't go to Numbers or Leviticus. You'll quit unless you're a little weird, and you might love those. But you know, start in Proverbs. They have 31, one for each, I want a chapter for each day. Start there. And, and just like a baby or a toddler, when you're learning something new, it's kind of awkward. You wobble a little bit, you fall down. But I promise you, the more you do it, the better you'll get at it. The more you read your Bible, the more God, God kind of puts it together in this awesome way. But we quit. We quit way too easy. And this isn't about guilt or shame. There are times when my Bible was 
I don't even know if I could have found it. Especially when all three kids were under four. I was just trying to, I wasn't even staying above water. I was just trying not to drown completely every day. My quiet time was the potty. That was the only time, and I had a rule that unless you were bleeding, I still have this rule, or throwing up, you could not come inside my zone. I got five minutes a day. So this isn't about guilt. This is about the more you know him, the more you hang out with him, the more you're connected with him, the deeper your roots will grow. We need to know what he's about. Another way to connect with God is prayer. Again, this seems so simple, but we make it very complicated. How do I pray? Well, in 1 Thessalonians, it says continually, all day. I need Jesus all day. I gotta pray all the time. This is my, Lord, change my heart, change my mind, help me not to kill somebody. I pray, you think that's funny? Yeah. No, I pray it all the time. I pray it all the time. I pray while I'm driving. I pray when I'm right, as my husband's about walking in the house and I have a choice, ooh, what kind of Kimberly he's gonna get when he walks in. Pray continually. In Ephesians 6.18, it says, pray all kinds of prayer. Pray all kinds of prayer in all things. So don't go look up like how to pray. Let's just start with it's a conversation. How about thanking him? Thank him that we got out of bed. For some of us, we need to praise Jesus. We got out of bed today. Thank him that we, we got to go to work, that we're healthy enough to go to work. Just start go, looking around of all the things you do have to be thankful for. And if you need help with that, let's get some help. Just start having a conversation with them. Brian's main prayer time is the shower. He takes 30-minute showers. So when Lawson got something from school, he went in there with a little timer that he got from TEP saying, you're only supposed to take five-minute showers. Brian's like, that's my quiet time. That's when I talk to Jesus. So that's how he gets away with the 30-minute shower, so we've got to leave him alone. But find a time that you are alone with him and that you're just praying. Imagine if you were married and you never, ever talked to that person. It will be really hard to stay connected. It'll be really hard to know each other. Read his word. Pray to him. And he's gonna ask you to do one more thing. Love God, love others. He's gonna ask you to hang out with, with his church, to hang out in community. And you guys are here, you're like, great, I got that box checked. Community is part of his plan. In Matthew 22, 37 through 40, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart all your soul and on your mind, all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. We are commanded to leave people less alone and less hurt. Not because O element said, oh, that's a really good idea. They're geniuses. No, it's because, let me read that again. 
The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Commandments are not just suggestions, polite, oh, by the way, please, if you have time, connect with others. No, that's not what he's saying. It's not like if you feel like it, or I'm an introvert, let's leave that to the outgoing people, the loud ones on stage. Nope, I, I didn't read that, and did you guys see that on the, in the Bible? Nope, it doesn't say that. It might look different, from you and I, but there's no exceptions. He said all of us. How about I'm busy, I don't have time. I didn't see in those verses where God said, but if your schedule's busy, you can opt out. I get easily irritated by people, Kimberly. Yep, probably, I see that. Work on it. Work on it, we're not children anymore. Church or community, I've been hurt before. Yep, you might have. You probably will be. Probably. But God is bigger than your hurt. I didn't see in those verses where it said, but if you get hurt and somebody hurts your feelings or someone was really nasty to you, you have an out. You get to disconnect and not be a part. He, there was no, no out for us in, the, in those verses. This is a call, a demand, a commandment for all of us. If you're, in the mil, if you're familiar with the military, this is a direct order. We don't like to be told what to do, I know. But he, it says commandment. Just like Legos and brick, the Legos bricks come in all different shapes, size, colors. You can get pink and purple now. With all that variety, they have one thing in common. One piece can connect to every other piece. One piece can connect to every other piece. The same with us. We have one thing in common. And it's bigger than all the other excuses that we have. When we are followers of Jesus, when we say we love Jesus, we have that enough is in common that we can, we can be, we can connect to build the church that God has called us to build. He's saying, put aside all your differences. Put aside all your fill in the blanks. If you have more dislikes than likes, if you have more disconnects than connects, there's a problem. There's a problem. God's gotta be bigger than that stuff. Now, does this mean that we all have to get along? Yes. It does. We're just like, no, she's gonna tell us no right now. We're not gonna all have to get along. Yeah, we do. If we are a bunch of grumbling complainers, if that's the church, we're all a bunch of grumbling complainers, who wants to come here? Why would anybody, they'd be like, I can get that, you know, on a sports team. I can go join a cheerleading squad and get all that. Why would I want your church? Why would I want your Jesus? Some of the things we complain about, and I'm including myself in this, I love to complain. It's fun sometimes. I hate it when Brian walks by and does this. If you see this, this is code for Kimberly, wrap up that mouth. And I'm just like, no. 
He's taking all my fun away. Then he leaves the room. I'm so childish sometimes. It's embarrassing. This was the idea of God's church, that we come together, that we snap together so that we can be an army, an army that will stand together, have each other's back and say, we are going to change this world in his name. When we're all scattered about, arguing with each other, putting on Facebook all the hundred things you're against, nobody cares what you're against anymore. How about you put all the things you're for? How about you put all the things you're for? Like God's love, God's church, God's people. We don't need a couple of superheroes. Usually that's what happens at churches. You got a handful of people who are superheroes and you're just, and people walk by and they're like, ooh, I'm so glad we got that person. We don't need a band of superheroes. We need all of us. You've built Legos. If you miss a couple of pieces, the structure doesn't work. The creation is off. One time we were building a Batman mobile and we missed the, um, the little thing that darted out. You press the button and it was like a, a laser thing. Lawson was devastated. Mommy, mommy, where's the little button thinger? And I was like, I don't know. A year later, he's like, do you remember when you helped me build that Batmobile and you lost that? No, he lost it, but he blamed it on me. I mean, a year later, he remembered that a part was missing. That's the church. We need everybody. The reason I've devoted the last 22 years of my life to this, the reason I'm so passionate and I'm not kind of being fluffy about it is because there was a time when I remember being utterly alone with no one. It was a very dark time in my life. I didn't know God. I didn't go to church. It was utter despair. There was a darkness. There was a void that was so big my boyfriend was abusive. My best friend had just died in a car crash. I, just, I had just gotten a car accident and my future, my military career was on hold. My sister was AWOL. My dad was an alcoholic. My mom was mentally ill. I had no money. I remember laying on my bed in the fetal position going, what, what is the purpose of all this? Does life even matter? Is there any reason for all of this? Why should I even be here? Would it make a difference? At one point, I didn't have a lot of hope. My definition of this aloneness is hell. I basically was in hell with no hope. Have you ever been there? Ever been there where you have no one to help you frame the pain? No one to help you walk through the darkness? No one that if you fell down, they were gonna pick you up? When I fell down, my friends wanted to give me a beer. Okay, that was nice, that's all they knew, but that wasn't gonna help me long-term. That only helped for the minute. This is why we show up, church. This is why we are to be the church. So that if one person, even if it's just one person, 
doesn't ever have to feel that alone, that dark, that desperate, that they've lost all hope. That is why we show up. That is why connecting is one of the things that we want to be about. It's an essential part of our church, part of our DNA. It, we want it to be such a part of our life that it's just so natural. Element City Church, we have people that are literally dying alone. They're dying alone. You've got people in our city. You've got people at work. You've got people in your family. You've got people in this building. You might even have people sitting right next to you that are alone and they're hurting and they don't have a lot of hope. God created us to snap together to be his church to change the world. Anything less than this was not the plan. Anything less than this is not the plan. So my question to you, are you going to own this? Are you going to own that it's your job to invite? Are you going to own that it's your job, your responsibility to connect? Not as a box you check off to be a good Christian, not biblical. But it's because of how much you are loved, that you are invited into that relationship and you are connected to a God that loves you so much. What's your next step gonna be? What's your next step gonna be? Don't just leave here going, oh, she's got a cute top on, thank you. Don't, don't leave here like that. I'd rather you leave here a little bit bothered a little bit uncomfortable, so that you make the choice to take a next step. To connect with God, his word, his church, and his people. And here's another thing. You don't get to pick one, be like, ooh, A, B, C, D, I pick D. This is an easier one. God wants it, it's, it's the, all of it. We were created to connect because we have a God who loves us so much. He put his son on the cross to die for our sins so that no one will leave our presence or our church less alone and less hurt. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in awe, in awe that you are such an amazing God that you keep giving us you, give us, you gave us an instruction manual. You gave us warnings and promises and truths and, and you gave it to us to read. We have this, this information and all of this stuff, this life-giving and life-changing Bible. Lord, I pray that you gave us people to walk with in this world together with, to walk on this journey of life. Lord, because you knew that life was hard and we're not supposed to be alone or isolated. Lord, thank you for being smarter than us. Lord, I pray that you break our hearts. I pray that you will just churn inside each one of our hearts until we take that next step, either to connect to you, to connect to his people, connect to your word, 
And Lord, that we don't take this lightly. When people say, I don't even know what my purpose is. You gave it to us. You gave it to us. Love God, love others. That's our purpose. We want to make it complicated. Lord, I just pray that this church can bring you glory. Not by our awesome, our awesome stuff we do, but that the way that we live our life, inviting and connecting others. In your name I pray, amen. As we go to communion, communion's up front. Just take this time to see what God's doing in your heart. What, he, what, he, what is he working on? Have the courage to say, I don't know what it looks like, but I'm ready. I gotta know we gotta do something. It could be awkward. You might fall down. It might be hard. But it'll be worth it.